Today, millions of people are on a second or even a third marriage, and it seems like we probably all know someone in that situation. If that's you, Focus on the Family wants to help. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They lead our Focus Marriage team, and on a previous episode, Jim Daly and I talked with Dr. Gary Chapman and Ron Deal. They've uh, collaborated on a book which gives hope to blended families. Now, it's a really honest conversation about learning to get along with your spouse's kids and uh, also speaking the love language of a new spouse. Well, and you had a story, too, about a young man named Jalen, I mm-hmm. believe. Describe that one. These are good, informative stories for us. So for Jalen, um, you know, one of his parents, his mom, really walked out on him uh, at a very young age. I think he was five when that happened. And in comes stepmom who is love language savvy and eager and happy and ready to pour out uh, herself to him and discovers what his love language is and is more than happy to meet that need, right? Uh, Giving gifts. But for Jalen, I mean, think about it from his point of view as a child. If I receive this from you, it's kind of like I'm saying it's okay that my mom is not here. And it's not okay. It's not okay. Of course it's not okay. And is he really saying that by receiving the gift from his stepmother? No, but in his heart, he's confused and it's all tied up together. And so he has to say no to the gift because somehow he's holding out for mom to come back. I want that gift from my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, That mother told me another story related to that. She made uh, a birthday cake for him one time, very special birthday he didn't want to blow out the candles. He didn't want to have anything because that cake is so symbolic. And that's what people need to hear. It's so symbolic of what has been lost. And it's hard to attach yourself to something new when you're holding out for the old to come back and remain in your life. That's the dilemma that kids sometimes face. I want to let you in, step parent, but I don't know how to do that and not deny my biological parent. So it's confusing. In a, in a child's heart, there's the competition again. My relationship with my bio mom is competing with my relationship with my stepmom. Yeah, so true. Uh, we only have a few minutes here. And Gary, I want to touch on that relationship above the child-parent relationship, spouse to spouse. Um, in the book, you mentioned a story about Steve who had to, I think, come to the realization that his Um, his new wife didn't have the same love language Mm -hmm. as his former wife. And I I could see that, especially for a guy. You've kind of fallen into this routine, and you know that it's touch or it's gifts or whatever. And then you get remarried in his circumstance. I don't know what, you know, again, what caused that first marriage to end, Mm -hmm. death or what have you. But now you have to relearn. You have to also almost become a childlike again and relearn your new spouse's love language. Is that difficult for people? You know, I think it's always difficult to learn something that you haven't done before. And for Steve, his first wife and second wife did have the same love language, but what he didn't understand is there's different dialects within every one of these languages. And both of their languages was quality time. But the first one, that meant sitting down and having long conversations with each other. TV is off. We're just communicating with each other. For the second wife, quality time meant 
sitting with him on the couch, watching a game together, and then chatting with about uh, the game. It's you like know? a 180. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it almost seems like a different love language, but right. it's basically the same thing. It's spending quality time doing something that they both enjoyed. So uh, sometimes it's learning a total new language, and sometimes it's learning a different dialect within the same language. But in the marriage relationship, what's really important is that we learn the primary love language of our spouse, whether it's in a uh, second marriage or third marriage or first right. marriage, and speaking it on a regular basis, heavy doses. And doesn't mean you don't speak the other languages. You can throw in the other four languages and get a little extra credit. But if you don't speak that primary language, they will not feel loved. You know, as we end here, the one thing that I really want to make sure we put in its proper place is God's role in all of this. Mm-hmm. And I... Let me just open that up for each of you to respond yeah. to that. Um, you know, you're, Gary, identifying through the love languages how God has wired us as the creator. Um, anything you could add to God's presence in these very difficult situations? I think prayer and humility are the two things that immediately come to mind. Prayer is that, Lord, help me to see what I need to see and unlearn what I need to unlearn from a previous relationship, rituals, patterns, and what do I need to relearn in this new uh, setting. Humility is that, (laughs) it's that attribute that says, I'm teachable, show me. Um, I've said for years, a rigid person has no place in a blended family. There's just so many things that you cannot control. And if you come in with hard line, this is the way it's going to be, this is how it should be, rituals should be this way, holidays should be this way, blah, blah, parenting should be this, you're going to discover a lot of that unravels you and the whole family. But humility is that thing that says, okay, maybe I don't know. I have something to learn here. God teach me. Uh, That goes a long, long way. Aaron, uh, Gary talked about Steve, whose second wife and first wife had the same love language, but it was expressed in different ways. How do you encourage a couple to love their spouse now, even if they're wrestling with the pain of a previous marriage that uh, ended? It's so interesting because I think the belief is that when we move on from a previous relationship, that the pain is done, that the grief is done. And what I know to be true is that grief is a process and it's never one and done, that it's something that will continue. It changes, but the loss, you know, whether you lost your spouse to a spouse that passed away or divorce or however, it was painful. And so as you enter into this new relationship, making sure that you're grieving well with whatever comes up um, is important. So the goal isn't to solve, you know, when it comes up, really your opportunity as a, the new spouse is to just care and to grieve with your spouse, enter Mm -hmm. in with them. Yeah. You know, I think part of what's going on, too, is that if both a previous spouse and and a new spouse have the same love language, that 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 becomes very triggering. Because I would imagine that 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 over the years there was probably a lot of hurtful conversations, conflict around maybe not meeting that particular love language. And so it's okay. And just realize that if it's triggering, that just means that I need to do the work around that. And so really it would be, have I gone in and found a good Christian counselor to really begin to unpack just the, the, why this, this issue for me is so triggering, um, working through, you know, to where that becomes more of a neutral issue 
because we all, you know, we all bring in baggage, whether that's from a first marriage or a brand new marriage. I mean, all of us, we're walking into our marriage with baggage. And and, and go ahead and talk about the importance of understanding why I am triggered, because um, what I hear you saying, and I, I think the concept would be, because I can't expect my spouse to change how they accept love. So it's really on me to understand what's going on here. Is that, is totally. that fair? Yeah, because it, in this case, it'd be my issue that whatever was going on around this in my first marriage, that, that was so painful and it's so triggering. So even now thinking about how do I meet my new spouse's love language that's the same as before, it's just that that's always going to trigger me unless I'm doing the work to really resolve and, and learn how to manage and just just work through. And what a powerful opportunity for this new couple to go in together. And that could be so healing, especially because the, the new spouse might not even realize that that was triggering or something's going on. And it's just going to provide not only insight, but a, a real healing type of experience for, for this new developing marriage. And to be fair, I get it. Like, as this new marriage is forming, there's going to be insecurities in both spouses. And so when the previous spouse comes up, you know, it's tender. And I've seen this play out in my office that sometimes the the new spouse is like, oh, what does it mean that he's having, you know, memories from the previous relationship? And I'm like, well, of course yeah. he is. There's is. still attraction there. Yeah. Yes. Still are, you, are you, you know, did you love her more than you loved of course, there's going to be those insecurities. It's just like a first-time marriage, that it takes time to form that that secure attachment between the couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things take time. And if you're struggling, then uh, get resources, uh, ask questions, get together with a counselor. Just know that uh, Focus on the Family is here every step of the way to help you. And uh, the first stop would be a phone call, 800, the letter A in the word family. Uh, We'll also link over to some articles and resources for you, including our free marriage assessment. Those would be great first steps uh, in terms of growing in your walk with God and in your relationship with your spouse. Certainly, we do commend to you the book by Ron Deal and Gary Chapman. It's called Building Love Together in Blended Families. And if you can, make a donation today, uh, a gift of any amount, either a recurring uh, monthly gift or a one-time donation. Uh, When you do that, request your book, Building Love Together in Blended Families. More from Gary and Ron next time, and of course from Greg and Aaron Smalley. For now, on behalf of the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.